it's no great surprise that the AI community, like the rest of the world, is starting to take much more seriously than it has the, well, I'm going to call them the ethical implications of things like deep fake, but I'm going to say something about the ethical in a moment because it isn't really a problem in ethics. Uh, but if I can pre-create a video that looks like me, sounds like me, where the lips move like my lips, and I can make it work in any language, then on the basis, that is, of a 30-second clip, which could perfectly well be something that you'd recorded on your phone at a conference or off the television or whatever, if that's possible, then a deep fake of a senior political leader, a senior religious leader, a business leader, a banker, a soldier, you name it, any of these could be made into a deep fake that makes it sound as though the person delivering it, male or female, young or old, of any ethnic origin, any religious disposition, has voiced something that is, to say the least, questionable, if not downright objectionable. All right, well, that being so, this gives rise to the question which a lot of AI people have been debating, thinking about for a long time, of the ethical guidelines that there should be around AI. Which is all very well, except that it's not really ethics that we should be worried about. Somebody that's concerned about the ethics of something is probably not the sort of person that's going to be most likely to misuse it. It's the unethical use, it's the immoral use, it's the corrupting, subversive use of all of this, which we should be worried about. And the people who are prepared to do that don't have any ethics. Or if they do, it's of the honour among thieves variety. So we already know, or it's alleged, shall we say, that something like 25,000 people got what sounded like personal telephone calls from Joe Biden telling them that they shouldn't vote in, was it one of the recent primaries in Iowa, perhaps? I don't know. Now, the obvious rejoinder is that everybody knows it's easy to work out that Joe Biden couldn't possibly telephone 25,000 people. Well, yes, of course he couldn't. But he only is experienced as having been on the phone by one at a time. So every person that thinks it was Joe Biden might, all other things being equal, be persuaded not to vote by that thing. And this is generally thought to have been done by the Russians, but it could have been the Chinese. And the West has been pretty naive, is that the word? 
in imagining that Russia and China were on the, well on the way to becoming benign, friendly allies interested only in their economic growth and not their political power. So, is this an ethical question? Well, I'm going to take you back to something I tried to do. Goodness me, it must be 40 years ago. It could even be 50. No, it's probably 40 years ago. When I tried to write a book, which I I suppose at the time, like all authors, I imagine might be the book to end all books on ethics, which is not something that I've ever been particularly interested in. I've always thought it mattered, but it wasn't quite my thing. So I tried to write a book on ethics. And one day, after having written quite a lot of it, still got it somewhere, I was suddenly brought up short by the remarkable but obvious truth that what's the point of writing a book on ethics? Because the only people who are going to read it are people who think ethics important. And the people you want to reach are the people who don't think ethics important. So, what is the point of pontificating about ethics if the only people you really need to reach are the people who don't read books on ethics? And it was a little bit deeper than that because, and I will just share you with you this with you because I think it might lead somewhere shortly in another episode. It also struck me, because I've, I suppose being a mathematician, it's a bit, goes with the territory, tried to find foundational principles, or did then, nowadays I wouldn't be so foolish, but I tried to find foundational principles on which to build this ethical treatise. What are the ultimate, unshakable foundations upon which life, the universe, and everything really stand? And in particular, of course, what are the ultimate ethical foundations? And the more I thought about this, the more I came to the conclusion that even if I were to find them, the question would then arise, why should anyone who didn't share exactly those foundational assumptions, and I'll come back to exactly in a moment, So anyone who didn't share exactly those foundational assumptions would not be at all persuaded by my argument. So you then get the question, how do you persuade someone of the legitimacy of your foundational arguments? And there, you need something really quite subtle to happen. You need to realise... And this is something I have realised for a very long time, but perhaps not made enough fuss about. You need to realise that the justification for a particular set of foundational arguments lies in the superstructure which you can build from. In other words, it doesn't lie in finding yet greater, deeper foundations that lie even further buried in the Urstoff of existence, because that goes on forever. 
Instead, it lies in the other direction. The justification for the foundational principles that you use to justify your actions, your thoughts, your words, your deeds, they are the things that your foundational assumptions, such as they are, give rise to. So it's a kind of backwards way round thing. The foundations are justified by what's built on them. Now, to put it like that, I suppose, may sound rather obvious once it's been said, but it took me quite a long time to reach that conclusion and certainly to understand and appreciate the ramifications of it. Because all kinds of things follow. Let's just take one. Consider, for example, well, let's take the religious question. One of the things that happened last week was, was it the Archbishop of Canterbury? Certainly somebody, somebody who was speaking with some authority said that church attendance in the United Kingdom, maybe just the Church of England, is in a doom spiral. It's going down so fast that it can't replace the people it's losing. And this is not just through age and lack of replenishment from the young, but because even those who have historically attended church are gradually forsaking it. Now, you've heard me talk many a time about the fact that I regard having not relinquished or lost, but actively dispelled, exorcised, I suppose is the real word, my Christian foundations and origins is one of the achievements of my life that I think most important, and I suppose insofar as I am proud of anything, one of which I am reasonably proud. But the dispelling of those foundations was not because I found other foundations, but because I decided that the very world that had been built upon those foundations was not only unjustifiable and indefensible, which it certainly is, both of those, but also way below the quality of what a human life should aspire to because there are just so many people who, although they call themselves Christians, have no real connection with it. Now, I don't want to go into that here in detail, but it is an example of how the the reason for throwing away the foundations is because the superstructure that those foundations have given rise to is deemed inadequate. And in fact, we do just the same thing in mathematics. And the parallels are very striking. And having spent much of my life considering those parallels, I think that they're very important, both intellectually and personally for me, that if you have a mathematical system, let's say a system of logic, or an axiomatic system in number theory, 
and you find that the axioms just don't allow you to build a superstructure that does what you want to do, then you change them. If you don't like what you've got or what you can build, you need to change the things you're using to build. Or to put it in rather more commonplace terms, if you don't like the models you can build with Lego, you need to look for a different modelling system or a different set of Lego or whatever it might be. So the foundations are thrown away because the superstructure, the building that you can construct on those foundations is inadequate. And here we are, episode 70, what is it, 8 of series 11, something like 497 70, or 498 of the whole thing. We're seeing why unmaking sense is so important. Because it's only when you unmake sense, when you throw the foundations away, because the building is no good, that you start to understand what it's all about. Back in a second.